Grand Rising, everyone. Natalie coming to live. Spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Mm -hmm. Yum. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get started on my Slytherin cup. <laughs> I'm a Slytherin. Okay. So let's get started. Um, we're reading from the Emerald Tablet Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, again, this book is probably um, one of the best books that goes into what alchemy is and how to utilize it in your life, right? So again, it's the esoteric wisdom, but it's actually the practical use of alchemy. And that's, I think, what's important to remember that we're not just saying, here's a, here's some information, but how do you apply it? How do you actually practice it? How do you become a practitioner of the great work? We can talk about these concepts all day long and it's fun. It's really fun to, you know, you can get lost in this, right? And you notice that when you start talking about spiritual stuff or things that really interest you, um, that time seems to fly by, but then nothing gets done. There's like no action behind the word. So this is saying, hey, how do we put action to the words that we're speaking? How do we put action to the intentions or the energy that we're feeling inside of us? How do we put it and set it into motion um, and start creating? And so that this book gives you an idea of how you can start, what practices you can use, um, and also what does it mean to be a practitioner of alchemy? Everybody is. So regardless if they say they're not, they are because alchemy is just the process of natural law. It's the unfolding of nature, which we are already, we exist in that regardless. So there you have it. Okay. So, um, so we were on page 44. Okay. Um, and it talked about the labels of God, you know, if God is the one mind, which is above and the devil is the one thing, which is below, Aren't the above and the below simply what we conceive of as heaven and hell? And the answer, such labels are inventions that uh, sever worldly ends. For the true above and the below are living things beyond description. In my tablet, I have revealed that all can be spoken of these unlimited regions. The above is the abode of the one mind and the below is the abode of the one thing. You need know nothing more because nothing more is knowledgeable. You cannot label the infallible. Work instead with a tiny spark of consciousness of which you are possessed. That spark can be fanned into a blazing gnosis that burns away the falsity of your tragic self-deception. Thereafter, you can verify for yourself that of which I speak. You can, um, good morning. <laughs> you can behold the one mind. You can touch the one thing. Okay, so um, you mean we can travel to the above and the below as you do? How can that be? We are merely mortals. Listen carefully. Thought is a bubble of being that erupts on the fabric of reality through the pattern I revealed in my tablet. Now let's talk about the pattern. We all have patterns. Um, and I've talked about this before in terms of people prophesizing. Um, good morning, whoever's on Facebook. Um, prophesizing, right? we just recognize patterns so there are things that you would quote unquote say that i prophesize i know bar ram talks about that all the time but the reality is is all we're doing is we have foresight because we can see the patterns patterns repeat themselves history repeats itself if you want to know how to become a prophet go back to history 
and you'll see that we it may look different the way it's getting played out but we repeat the same things over and over and over again humans are quite predictable believe it or not i know we want to say we're unique and we are in our own way of expression but <laughs> unique in thought well there's only one thought one mind there's nothing new under the sun and we continue to play out the same storyline in different ways we don't learn <laughs> some do i'm not going to say nobody does there are people who transcend the story there are people who rise above the story however we see that right now if you looked at the the dynamics of the way the world is going if you've looked at the the way that it's being structured um what's being inflicted and forced upon people it's the same thing that's been played out in history over and over again they just keep doing the same thing so it's very easy to look at the future and say oh yeah that's what's going on so it's the patterns that we need to understand thus you are mortal as your thoughts okay and in your notion of heaven and hell that keeps you earthbound because it weighs you down with fear and duplicity okay fear is a big one the things whereof I speak of everywhere under your nose, you have to reach out and touch them. But out for, but out of your arrogance, you have denied the one mind, and out of your fear, you have desecrated the one thing. So the, <laughs> so we deny the one mind and we desecrate the one thing. Well, that's what we see happening right now utilizing the material world um, and really bastardizing it really twisting the storyline that's what some people are doing i'm not saying say all people but there are agendas out there people that understand this wisdom um, that are in quote unquote higher places um they're really not in higher places but they've created sort of this hierarchical uh way of knowing and they said well you guys don't deserve to have that information so we're going to keep it and we're going to do what it, with it what we will. And you guys can't have access. So, and then when they try to give access, you have these pe these people who have showed up. I've talked about this in the past too, that have showed up to try to teach the masses the sacred wisdom. And because they were popular, because they were able to get the ear of many people, well, they ended up dead. Or they ended up being called crazy but mostly dead, or they had to, to do their work in secret. So they didn't want them people to know. So even if you looked at Da Vinci's work, he had hidden messages everywhere. Why? Because they would have killed him if they knew he was doing this. He was doing things that were gonna get him killed, really. He would go in, like when he was at the monastery, he would go in and he would cut the cadavers. He wasn't supposed to be doing that because he wanted to understand human anatomy. So he would, he would cut and look at the muscles and everything. He was very curious about the actual natural essence and unfolding of life. His work, I didn't even realize this about him until later on in life. I mean, he was he was so curious about if I'm going to create something, I want to cr create it almost as real as it could possibly be down to the very, very tiniest thing I can see and start to build up. And that's how the Mona Lisa was made. Very tiny, tiny, tiny brush strokes. He wasn't even finished with it and most people don't know that so when we're looking at this we can say these individuals that have access to this well we do too okay you do too but it takes a daily process i do this every single day of my life since i was a child it's not easy 
It's not an easy path. The easy path is just to say, hey, just tell me what to do. And we've been programmed that way. It doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you right, wrong, good, or bad. But notice, that's it. Simply notice and ask yourself, am I willing to continue down this path or do I want to shift the consciousness and my mindset so that I can start to create and generate the things that I want in my life so that I can create a story that makes sense? Like stuck in the nine to five, we've been shackled and chained. It's another form of slavery. It really is. The, the native cultures and traditions before colonization came in didn't they weren't constructed this way. They allowed themselves to dream and to storytell and to, to come together in unison and work together as a collaborative effort, not necessarily um, <laughs> saying, hey, get to work, you do what I tell you to do. And that's that. No, they, they worked together. They roamed the land freely. But it's not really that way. And I was pretty, I mean, it was, it's pretty eye-opening when you start to say, well, that piece of land um, is not being utilized and nobody can have it. What do you mean? Like, how does that even make sense, right? It's hoarding. So we've totally destructed the one thing. Um, and, you know, we've kind of created these boxes around what we think is our sandbox. <laughs> and we say, yeah, you can't come in my sandbox, but you can. And you can't. And is it really ours? It's not. It's a hard thing to put wrap our mind around sometimes. Come on, you shadow. So the Emerald Tablet. Okay, so I'm going to read what the Emerald Tablet is. And this is the Emerald Tablet of um, Hermes. And it was um, compiled from several early Latin and German versions. Okay, so again, we have translation really hard if we wanted to go back to um, way, the way that they were speaking back then and really understand the perception and the mindset. We can't really do that because we our worldview has programmed us to see life a certain way um and we would have had to been raised a certain way there's certain tribes and i can get into that story lady later of how they were actually raised into the active imagination and um this duality didn't exist we weren't particularly raised that way we were raised um thinking black white up down this that Okay, so the Emerald Tablet, in truth, without deceit, certain, and most veritable. That which is below corresponds to that which is above, and that which is above corresponds to that which is below, to accomplish the miracle of the one thing, uh, to accomplish the miracles of one thing. And just as the things have come from the one thing, through the mediation of the one mind, so do all created things originate from the one thing through transformation so we have the one mind and you can call that god now it's it's hard because we're putting this in words and everybody has their unique connection to universe god whatever you call it um but that thing that you know that understanding of this greater thing that's outside of us that we can't really are within us and outside of us that we can't really name or label and we're still trying to understand in our human mind is we, we can say it's the one mind and the one thing that evolves or is created out of that, that pours out of it. So we, there's nothing new under the sun and people, that's a, that's a saying I'm sure you guys have heard. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that ever was, is, and will be always is, and always will be. <laughs> 
it's like, well, but it looks different and it, it is different. Well, no, it's the same thing. They're just transforming it. And that's the operative word, right? Transformation. Its father is the sun. Its mother is the moon. The wind carries it in its belly. The nurse is the earth. It is the origin of all, the consecration of the universe, its inherent strength, it's perfected, it is um, turned to, turned into earth. Separate of the earth from fire, the subtle and the gross, gentle with the great in, in, ingenuity. It rises from the earth to heaven and descends against to the earth, thereby combining within itself the power of both the above and the below. So fire is the one of the most powerful energies that we can utilize in the practice of spiritual alchemy. It is fire energy um, is so powerful and powerful in a way that most people can't handle fire energy. It takes a lot of work to will the fire energy because it's just powerful. But it helps us to transform and transmute energy into something else. We need flame. In other words, think about cooking. If you're cooking a stew, you could have just cold, cold, I don't know, water. But in order to change it or transform it, we have to boil it. We have to put flame to it. And that changes the chemi chemicals in it, the reaction. That is why alchemy became chemistry, modern day chemistry. Because they started to understand the transformation and fire and what fire was capable of doing. Water purifies and then fire transforms. Now they both can transform, but fire it allows different materials to, well, we can boil materials. So we shift into something new. We, it's like putting a bunch of vegetables in a pot and then putting it on boil. It, it starts out with all these vegetables and then they all mix together. And what do you got? You got this delicious stew. So that's alchemy the fire to all of this stuff. Okay, thus you will obtain the glory of the whole universe. All obscurity will be clear to you. This is the greatest force of all powers because it overcomes every subtle thing and penetrates every solid thing. In this way, uh, in this way was the universe created. From this comes many wondrous applications because this is the pattern. Okay, so the pattern again, earth, water, air, fire. See, very simple. Hey, Linga, how are you? I was one. I was thinking about you. It's like, I haven't seen Linga. I haven't heard from Linga. So the pattern is earth, water, air, fire. It's using the elements, right? And, and that is how you start to create. Now, if you see the world around us, okay, and you see how everything was created. What we do see is that we're utilizing the simple patterns or what we have available to us in this world. How could we how could we pull outside the world? We could in our thoughts and our imaginations for sure. But to create something tangible in this three-dimensional time space, everything is here for us. Everything, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all here. And if we think about the evolution or if we think about how we have 
created civilizations, how we have created all of this world, it's, it's created from the materials that were here on earth. So we learn to transform. And it's the pattern of earth, water, air, fire. So think about it. When we think about building a building, right? When we go down to the elemental base of a building and we're building concrete, um, well, we'll see, okay, well, first we need the foundation. So, you know, we're going to lay the foundation and the foundation is going to be concrete. Well, the concrete that we're laying on that foundation, we have to mix it with water and this substance that's minerals or whatever goes into concrete, right? I don't know exactly what the uh, composition of concrete is, but I do know that it's this powder that has to be mixed with water. And when you mix it together, it gets hard. Right, you have to lay it out and you have to work with it. And concrete, I know, is very hard to work with, right? And if it dries incorrectly, it messes up. So there's a, there's a way to do it. You lay it out and you're using the material to transform it into something different. You take the trees of the wood and you start to build a building, right? So we're using all of the materials that are available to us. And what we put was imagination on it a creation of imagination. So everything we see around us is really a pattern of all of these elemental things in the world. <laughs> now, why am I talking about this? Because we get to be creative now. Uh, is this Krishna? Hello. Let's see, dropped a power and saw my phone. Sorry. Hello, Spirit. Do you know Jess, your friend? Jess. Uh, Jess who? <laughs> Therefore, I am called thrice great Hermes, having all three parts of wisdom and the whole universe. Herein, I am completely explained in the operation of the sun. So, literally, we have the ability to create a whole new universe whole new world. Now, I was thinking about this because I've been on this topic for quite some time and it, I think it's timely and it's perfect and it's because I want people to recognize that we can create a new earth. It's going to take a lot of imagination. Here's the deal. We have people who are currently trying to play out different storylines and different universes and they're creating it right now. It's probably already created but they're already programming us to live into their world, their next evolution, quote unquote, of their world or their way of creating a new consciousness or a new way of engaging in this storyline. And one of them is the metaverse, right? Or the multiverse, whatever the hell Facebook's coming out with, right? I don't know much about it. I saw it once and I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. That's why I'm talking about this because... It's important that people choose in, if they choose to be part of that, that they choose knowing that they don't have to. <laughs> if they want to, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. So I'm giving this forward thinking because why? Because it's coming. Now, wake up, right? We've had a big wake up from all of this stuff that's been going on now, the whole pandemic, everything. That was the first wake up call. There's going to be more. It's not going to stop. 
Now, what's the next phase? The next phase is a new earth, a new world. Now, people keep talking about new world order. They be talking about all of these different things. So let's look at, let's just look at it, right? These are facts. These aren't me making it up. It's not conspiracy. It's just a fact. Here's a fact. Fact one, they're building a multiverse where people can be wired in to the, the internet or whatever the hell they're going to be wired into. Okay, one. Two, they're trying to colonize Mars. They're trying to create a whole new planet of existence. Okay. Three, they're trying to reconstruct um, um, the world around us today, the way that we see it, right? Communism or whatever it is that is starting to, they're trying to put us under one way of thinking. But there's all of these different ways in which people are trying to create a way out. Certain people are not ascribing to these things. Why? Because they understand that they that that's not the worldview they want to live under. So these people with money, quote unquote, or higher powers, quote unquote, or have more resources are really what they're doing is stealing all the resources, taking all the resources and saying they're mine, right? And then they're using them so that they can escape. They don't want to be a part of the agenda. They're creating their own and they have the money to do it. And then people will follow that. So what I'm saying is we, if we don't ascribe to their storylines, we need to understand how to create our own. It takes a lot, a lot, a lot of work though, right? Fascism. Yeah. Thank you. I know, you know, politics, not my thing. <laughs> my friend Daniel used to always be bringing up fascism and he'd be like, it's fascism. And I'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't really care what those people are doing. Um, but so here, I'll invite Linga. Yeah, Linga, you talk about the whole politics thing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about fascism. I just want to ask oh. you. How to, <laughs> oh, okay. I just want to ask you how we create our own story when they own all the fucking resources. Sure. Do they have all the resources? Well. <laughs> they want us to believe they do. But they don't. What what's happened? Here's the deal. I know, and I know it feels that way. And it's it's almost like I don't want people to give up. I'm just gonna start there because it seems like a huge feat, right? Who can actually rise to the occasion and do this thing? And I, I talked about this before. It's we need people like Moses, right? Who are like, let's lead people out of these chains. Also, perhaps um Noah. You know, these archetypal energies, these these characters that showed up during these these times were seeing what was happening at foresight. So they started to create something and they weren't uh, popular. <laughs> they were going against the grain, um, but they went first. So it's, it takes courage and that is a hard thing to do. And so I don't want it to seem like hey, let's just go out and do this thing. No, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of imagination. Um, it takes a lot of uh, collaboration. It takes people working together. Um, now, is that going to happen? I think when you put fire to really put fire under people's asses, I think they jump and they start to get really creative really fast and it happens really fast um, because of survival. But I do hear that it's right now we're just we're still comfortable. 
and and what's happening is a slow cooking right it's a slow cooking frog in the pot that people are going to be so entangled into this way of thinking that they're not going to feel like there's any other way and and that that's a sad thing because i'm trying to say there is and and we have to wake up but we have to be courageous and that means making decisions that are uncomfortable um so is it going to be comfortable no we sort of if we're being the leaders leaders go first leaders don't feel comfortable ever never ever ever there's that in fact uh go ahead that's a great quote keep going okay so so there's there if you look there's a video and this is one of the best videos i think i love it because this is what leaders do and it, uh, you guys make some videos um but so this guy is in this toddler's music and he's just like a your mic's all muffled. Say again. Oh, it is? Sorry. Oh, okay. So this guy in this video, right, there was this music happening and, you know, he gets up and starts dancing. And he's not like the best dancer ever, right? And in fact, people are laughing at him and, and whatever. And he doesn't give a shit. He just keeps on going. And then before you know it, another person gets up and starts dancing with him. They're like, all right, this guy's like just having fun, just being free. So the next person. Gets yeah, I've up, seen it. You know <laughs> Can you hear me or what's happening? Is yeah, it- I've seen it. I've seen it. It's cool. I know okay. what you're talking about. Keep going. Okay. So that video, right? The guy could have been uncomfortable. Like it took a lot of courage to get up and start doing what everybody else thought he was crazy. They're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? You know? And then before you know it, the next person went, the next person, and before you know it, everybody's following. That's how it works. So leaders go first. Not not comfortable. Part of the thing that I learned about that, that film clip was about the first follower. And there's this whole theory about first followership you know, mm-hmm. and and the brave one is the leader, but the next bravest person is the first one to get up and follow. Yes, absolutely. So it's because, about followership. Yeah. Moses. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So we, people have to follow, right? So, but if they don't, well, they're following something. And I say, follow yourself, follow your heart, follow who you are. And you have the power to do that. But it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust in yourself. I know what I'm doing. That's the thing. It's like, I know where I'm going. I know what I have my things set up. So I have something set up. I think Barra talked about something that was really important. And, and it's not for fear. This is not to drive fear in people. Like, you don't need to be afraid, but if you have something in place, awesome. You're like, I don't want to live into this system. I don't want to live in anybody's system, but I know that I want to live in a community that lives off the earth. And maybe there are communities already arising in your area. Go meet those people, find out who they are, ask them, you know, what are they doing? How, you know, here's how I want to live, whatever. And you're making those arrangements that way, if you have to, leave you have something set up you you have a way out there's always a way 
people just can't see it sometimes. And for me, that may, that's where I get really sad because some people just can't. They just, and they won't. It doesn't matter what I do, what I ask them, what I say, what I, nothing. They just can't hear it. That's it. That's that. And they think that their life has dwindled down to a few choices. And it's sad because it's like the life has been sucked out of them. That everything, if they went back to their childhood when they were pure and innocent and had this big imagination about life and loving life to adulthood where everything has been sucked and drained out of them. I mean, that's sad to not to be able to maintain that connection to that childlike mind that anything is possible. Like we would, you know, we would play with anything. You would get a mug, this mug that I'm holding, and it could become something else. We can transform it into something. It wasn't just a mug to hold liquid. You know, I don't know. It was a hat or it was, we put it on our hands and it was a thing to put, to punch people, you know, like a, a weapon or whatever the heck it was that we were doing as kids, you know, or we would put mud in it and build sand castles like we had an imagination and we were able to engage with that we built forts out of you know <laughs> we would go camping in the house and build these big tents in the house you know like we were creating things and and having fun with it and, and imagining whole worlds and we don't do that anymore you know it's been sucked out of us as adults um, you know, do your nine to five, do this and that, you know, instead of engaging in that imaginal world so that we can then bring forth something new. So yes. And yes, Lingo, you are absolutely right about the, the second person. I think that was what the video was about too, was about how that was brave for the second person to get up and, and join in. And then before you know it, people are like, oh, well, that's okay. They're doing it. And that's kind of how statistic works. When we look at it, right, we see there's the early adopters, right? There's the, the trailblazers, there's the early adopters, and then, and then the masses come after. And that's usually how it goes. So you'll have the late, the people that come in later, um, and, and perhaps that will happen. But if you want a way out, there's always a way out. There's never not a way out. And sometimes our way out leads to some pretty crazy things. So I'm not going to sit here and say that you you choose a way out, that it's going to be easy because it's not. We're just faced with a lot of challenging things right now, a lot of us. And um, my heart goes out to every everybody who's in a very difficult, challenging time right now, trying to figure out which way to turn, which way to go, what to listen to, what's what's true, what's not true. Um, you know, there's um, something that I've been doing that could help perhaps at least calm the nerves if there's anxiety circulating in your life around these things. Um, and that's, I've been doing um, some mindfulness meditation. Um, which has been very helpful. Um, and the mindfulness meditation, um, you know, one of the practices that I was told to do, which I think is very helpful, um, we don't need to go to somebody to find out what the facts are or what is real to us. We have a body and we have our senses and we can actually engage with them, which we rarely do that. 
we're so visual and we're so we listen and we're visual and we want to see things and we want to touch them right we, we, they have to be tangible so we could come to our senses but be mindful of what we're seeing and touching and so looking at if you're feeling the anxiety a practice you can do is you know look around and ask yourself what are five things i can see and you can name them right what are four things that i can touch and you can touch it to bring yourself to the senses you know what are three things that i can hear what are uh two things i can smell what are what what's one thing i can taste and to bring yourself back down to earth to ground yourself here to remember also mindfulness meditation brings us to the present moment because right now i think there's a lot at least i think and i don't know linga how you feel you could chime in if you choose to um anxiety is circulating and stress um you know and anxiety has been a big huge factor i feel like for a lot of individuals and the anxiety how do you deal with it how do you cope with it how do you allow yourself to move through it not get rid of it because that's what people want to do they want to get rid of it we don't get rid of these feelings they stay with us we learn how to work with them and breathe into them so anxiety is a huge issue right now and sometimes what anxiety does is it paralyzes us to be able to move in a certain direction we don't know how to move through it and it's like fight flight or freeze and sometimes people just freeze like i freeze i have anxiety for the first time in my life probably about last year and i'm sure it's because i'm feeling the anxiety of of the world i never used to get anxiety all of a sudden this anxiety started to show up to teach me something to show me something to tell me pay attention to this and what did it do it caused me to freeze to feel overwhelmed to feel like i couldn't move like i was immobilized so if you're feeling that anxiety there's a mindfulness meditation can be supportive in that way now for those of you who are about clinical research it's been clinically proven you if that's what you care about i personally just care about what works for me and that's what i feel for you so try it um if you can you know just try to go through the process don't allow the anxiety don't try to stop it try to be with it question it ask it you can even talk to it to move yourself through it hello coffee cup <laughs> is that a coffee cup it's pamida um i think it's interesting coffee cup which looks like a coffee cup i'm going to snake coming out of it steam coming out of it um so anxiety is nerves. such a big thing right now and what i will say is that there are practices now once we are able to maneuver or work <clears throat> with the anxiety then we have the ability to start to do something to move ourselves in a direction but remember the present moment is here the last thing that i ever want people to feel is complete panic and fear because we have this moment and we we aren't promised the next moment right and that's just kind of the basic elemental thing is is going to mindfulness but we do have the power to actually think ahead and ask ourselves well how are we going how can we maneuver forward 
What are my options? I don't have to live in fear. That's the one thing that I, the last thing I want to perpetuate is more fear in people. The people are already on edge for all this stuff. And the more you talk, the more fear. And I say, no, transcend the story. Rise above it. That's why I do this because I'm, I'm saying, let's look at the bigger scope of things. It's so easy to get caught up in all of the stuff that's being thrown at us and start to get fearful and start to think, oh, my God, my life. But let's transcend that story and think, oh, wow, what do I have right now? Am I taking care of right now in this moment? Breathe in and allow yourself to enjoy the one moment that you have right now. We know we're not promised the next moment, right? We know we're not. But we, but we have been, and we've been, I've been, you know, surviving and doing spirit and coffee for four years. So, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's going to continue for a while. Now, what do I do? If I don't want to live in fear, what is the fear? Well, the fear is maybe I don't have plans set up. Maybe I think I have to ascribe to somebody's storyline. Maybe I think they're going to come at my door and get me and do these crazy things to me. Well, it's not happening right now for one. But for two, if you feel like it's going to happen, which you're probably manifesting it for yourself, is to say, how would I get out of this situation? So I'm going to give you a little trick. This will be the last thing I talk about because this is what I, and I don't know why my mind, I think I just had a martial uh, martial arts mind since I was a kid, like a, uh, a kung fu person. <laughs> I had a kung fu mind when I was a kid. But I used to always think, what if somebody tried to get me? Because I used to stay in the car, right? My mom would go to these stores and I, I didn't like the energy, right? Because I had clairvoyance. I could feel energy and I'd be like, I don't like that store. I don't like the way it feels in there. So I would stay in the car. But then my mind would say, what happens if somebody tried to kidnap me? Like that was the thought in my head. And I thought, well, what would I do? How would I protect myself? What, what is it that I would do? How, where would I, would I, and I would kind of play a scenario out in my head, you know, I'm going to hit them in their throat or I'm going to poke them in the eyeballs or, you know, I don't know. I would come up with these scenarios of how I was going to protect myself or what if they put me in the trunk? Oh, well, I'll pull the lights out or, you know, I'm going to figure something out. And I think that what I was doing is I was like, yeah, maybe I'm afraid of being kidnapped, but I'm not just going to sit in that fear. I'm going to come up with a, with a, at least a plan. And that way that I can settle into, okay, well, I feel good. Now, at least I know I have a plan. I have a, a way out. So you get to use your Jedi Kung Fu mind for these scenarios that are playing out in the world. And we'll start with that very basic thing. Get yourself out of anxiety and stress. Allow yourself to live or overcome or work with the fear that you might be having so that you can switch yourself into a space where you're thinking, how do, how would I get out of this situation? So you can go into your rational mind and say, okay, how do I, how do I transition? How would I transition? What would I do? And then let it be. Now your plans, all they're not going to play out the way you want them to. That's not how it works. It just, life doesn't work that way, right? But at least you have something in place. At least you have an idea of where you're headed and you can let it go and start living your life. There's nothing wrong with preparation. I mean, you don't have to go all out and be all panicked and afraid. You can if you want to, but I'm almost certain it's not serving you. It's not going to serve you. All it's going to do is make you sick.
so that anxiety can live in you and then you get sick and then what happens? You have no way of moving forward. You feel paralyzed. Okay. Now this is personal and it, and and I see it in others as well. Because the first thing they go to are all these fear stories. And I say, okay, let's 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 talk about the story. Let's transcend it. Let's think, what can we do? So make those those little turns and twists in your life that are going to help you feel comfortable and confident in the, the, the choices that you're going to make or how you're going to move forward. It's just using your Kung Fu mind or your Jedi mind or whatever you want to call it. You guys are Padawans just like I am. <laughs> I don't know if any of us are Jedis yet, but full on. But we could be Padawans, right, and learn and, and learn together and work together. So I do have a group um, on Telegram. Now, please, I would say, I know, Linga, I invited you to it. Engage in that because we are at least at the minimum that I can do because I don't live where everybody lives is provide at least some kind of a resource or at least a guideline to how to move in a direction that seems powerful for you without enticing fear, but more like enticing, like I'm a Jedi, I'm prepared to protect, to serve. That's it. Is this then part of the Jedi part. religion? Huh? Is this part of the Jedi religion? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> I just like to use Padawan and, and Jedi because I, I call myself Baby Yoda. That's all, that's the only reason why. It's totally, you know, a character that was made up. But... That's interesting you talk about anxiety, fear driving people. Well, nerves. You know, people get nervous. That's an adrenaline response mm -hmm. to a stimulus. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have fear of failure or you might have fear about what people think. And I guess what's interesting is that Once you learn how to harness that, you can actually achieve anything. And I think anxiety is nature's tell to remind you that you shouldn't be static. You know, you, you shouldn't be static right now. You need, you need to move. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and people that are like, chronically anxious you're in the wrong spot you know you've you got to get out and I think that um, you know one of the things that's really important is that if you can under understand your adrenaline cycle mm -hmm. in principle um, that will inform the space that you should be holding Yeah. yeah, it's like, go ahead. Yep. Oh, okay. So it's like the, it, yes, it is. And it's the, the parasympathetic and sympathetic system. So the sympathetic system being the fight, flight, freeze, where we release all of these hormones and, you know, and I think, and I don't know how people react to their own stress and anxiety. I know I freeze and I just, 
I, I'm, I don't move. I'm like, oh my God, this is, that's what anxiety does to me. Now there's other, um, maybe, um, threats that show up where I want to fight or that I will flee. But when it comes to anxiety and really anxiety being the overwhelm of everything that I have to do or everything that's coming in or all this information, which is why I think people are totally experiencing um, this fear-based anxiety and all that because all of the information that's out there, I mean, there's so much. What do you listen to? What do you, okay. And so what I would highly recommend is really understanding how to manage that, like Lingo said, and how, how do you move forward? So how do you move? Sometimes you're just immobile. I don't know how. And that's why I, I um, suggested doing that mindfulness meditation and really trying to engage the senses um, that ground you back down to earth so that you can actually move. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Lingo. I think it's, it's about being, like you said, it's not being, it's being dynamic. It's being able to move from one space to the next and, and not just holding one space. Go ahead. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, you know, we've, we've been comfortable for 15 years. Things have been static. Interest rates have been good. You know, people can, people don't have to shift. You know, you can develop family and you can develop work and relationships and stuff because all the levers have been off but it's not going to stay like that yeah you know, you, and you got to recognize that it's a continuum of change and that you're you're not just subject to it. That's a victim attitude to say you're subject to it. You're actually part of it, but you're also intrinsically responsible for where it heads as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, writing your own story is, isn't so much about trying to change the world as it maybe is about you just owning your bit, you know, Mm-hmm. And then the impact to collective consciousness from your bit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're true to yourself and you're not just following the fucking sheep that are doing whatever without thinking and you're actually true to yourself, you can, you may just get that one follower who might turn into two, into three, into four, or you might just run into someone else that's dancing just like you are. <laughs> yeah. You know? And uh-huh. you might go, how cool is this? We're dancing the same. (laughs) And the fear, the fear is stopping people from talking out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing with protests at the moment. Yeah, tell us. is, Is basically not being covered on mainstream media. Okay. Thank you for telling us. It's just not being picked up. Yeah. You know, they're just not covering it. Sure. And the, the left-wing media jocks, shock jocks, you know, mm-hmm. they're getting sacked. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some of the best festivals and music things I've ever been to have been the underground things. 
Sure. Some of the things where I've had the best times haven't been these big, you know, Lollapalooza or uh-huh. Burning Man Festival, and they're not the big events. Some of the best music and the best time you can ever have is not in the mainstream. Yeah. And if you want to find people that are dancing to the same beat as you, you may not actually have to look too far, but you do have to open your eyes. Yes. And I feel like the people, you know, at least people that gather here are waking up, you know, they're like, wait, there's something going on. There's something more. There's something they're in search of. They're seeking. They're trying to understand. They're trying to connect to that. Right. Um, and you're absolutely right. The, the funnest times are the underground events. It, it, you know, I don't know why this always reminds me of, I like to relate to movies because I think it helps people. But in the Titanic, right, when she she goes with Jack to that underground party and it's like the freest she's ever been, right? I love that scene because that's how I feel. It's like everybody wants to be part of this big, fancy, mainstream type thing. Not everybody, but, you know, the masses will try to follow that. And rather than go into the underground and where you, I feel you're more free. And, and that scene to me is kind of what you're talking about. She's just able to be herself, dance on the table. No one's judging her for it. You know, it's just, she's doing whatever the heck she wants to do. Um, and so I do agree with that. And so taking it from the mainstream to underground and thank you for letting us know that they're not airing the things that are uh, important and it's because they don't of course they don't want more people protesting if they show these people protesting then more people are going to protest and then before you know they have everybody you know <laughs> coming along and doing their thing um and you did say something else and i did read it in the emerald and i don't think you were on here but you did mention and you spoke to um one of the lines that i love out of this book which is Work instead with a tiny spark of consciousness of which you are possessed. That spark can be fanned into a blazing gnosis that burns away the falsity of your tragic self-deception. That right there is exactly what Lingo was talking about, that we work with our tiny spark of consciousness, that we work with what we have. So we know, okay, so that we can work with our tiny bit of consciousness and that we understand that. Okay, America's going to blow up next year, perhaps. It's a possibility. That is a possibility. So, mm. But again, not to, not to drive fear in people, right? We don't want to project this fear-based. Just take your precautions, and the reality is life is fragile. So live, live, live. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Instead of going into these spiral out of control thoughts of death and destruction remember to live now because we have now and that's a gift we don't have to live now in fact i was talking to baram yesterday and he was asking about climate change and he he was having some fears around that and i said well let's look at it we're very fortunate to actually be living we don't have to happen not all the other planets well we that we know of have other like life form like us right now that we know of. I'm not saying that, that that there's not. We just, from what we're told, at least on Mars or whatever. We have aliens, perhaps. Sorry, Linga. But for us right now, we're very fortunate. We could have been a plant, but we're not. We're a human. So be a human being. 
allow yourself to be, allow yourself to enjoy the skies that we see right now. And living in the fear and anxiety, and all we can do is prepare for what we think might happen, and that's it. Right? Yeah, it's one thirty in the morning, so uh good night, Nat. Thank you. I don't know if you want to chime in. Oh, ended the call. Um I guess he's going to bed. <laughs> I know this is his like late night time, so maybe he's asleep. Or maybe he's going to sleep asleep. I know. Linda, thank you so much though for showing up here. I love your insights. I've been always grateful to have you on here. Um yeah. Um and uh let's see here. Get up earlier. <laughs> yeah, I should do this at four in the morning. That, then I think we'd have more people. Um shadow who follows a guy who murders millions of arab countries um i don't know people follow people followed um you know the nazis people followed the craziness of that people follow crazy stuff there's i mean you can't control what people follow right you can only control what you follow um and you can only control where you're headed um we can't i mean we could sit there and we can question what other people are doing, why they're doing, but then we get caught up in the conversation and dialogue of focusing on what they're doing rather than focusing on what we're doing. And so, again, bring the storyline back to yourself. You know, if you're not a person who, um, because we can't understand the dynamics of other people's uh, mindset and consciousness. It's like people that murder or people that rape or people that do all these things. I'm like, I can't understand that. I just don't get it. I'm not going to get it because it's not for me to get. So for me, rather than saying, how can people do this? I, I switched the mindset. This is where the transformation comes from, right? Allowing ourselves to change the consciousness over our monkey mind will trust me, the ego, the monkey mind goes and goes and goes and goes. It tries to put us back in fear all the time. And there was this great quote that I want to read. And you know what? I'm going to get the book because um, here it is. Is this the book? Oh man. Um, oh, I don't remember. I'm gonna I'll have to read it another time. But basically what it's saying is that we feed that in our mind we have these two wolves. It talks about the two wolves, the wolf of the hate, the wolf the wolf of love. Okay. And this is a, a native culture story. And this woman they asked, Well, what wolf do you feed? Right? And it's like, Well, what wolf do you want to feed? You can feed the wolf of hate and fear, or you could be the, the wolf of love. If we looked at the way the mind, right, and this goes into scientific stuff, but if we looked at the way the mind has evolved, the only reason that we lived in fear so much is because we were programmed to survive. And that's the only way we could survive was through that fear-based programming. So when we think that our survival is at stake, we go into that programming. So, but we have to ask ourselves, is it good? Yeah, we need that for sure. But we can't live if we're in constant fear. We can't actually enjoy life because our mind is constantly going to the fear base. But love, right? Love always has a greater outcome than fear itself. So you have both woofs in your mind. You have the woof of hate and fear and the woof of love and harmony and peace. So which one are you going to feed? That's the question. So you don't believe in evil is real and controlled by something dark. 
No, I'm not saying I believe or don't believe. Are you asking me a question or are you are you, are you making assumptions? <laughs> or was that rhetorical? Um look into the archons and the eons. Okay. That's what I'll that's I'm rather than give you a whole um lecture of what I believe, because um what I believe is really irrelevant in a lot of ways. I mean, I know you're asking me, people get hurt when I say what's irrelevant, because it is. It, it, what do you believe is what's more important and how do you work with what you believe? But um, I will say this, I'll give you a clue. Go look at, go read on the archons and the eons and then you'll kind of understand from a specific mindset, okay? Again, you'll understand from a specific, a specific mindset. Um, do you believe in possession? So I think what you're asking about is more um a belief in the psyche which is the psychic phenomena that happens um throughout i would say throughout all individuals or human beings and what i will say if i put it into um terms that um i can describe is that i believe that there are energies beyond our understanding and that we will never perhaps understand that we can never know it all. And that to say that we know it all is completely, I mean, who can say that? Somebody says they know everything. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing, right? And so there are things in life that are beyond our own understanding. Now I am in, if you if you want to understand a little bit more shadow about my mindset, read about alchemy, understand, um, you know what alchemy is because i'm an alchemist and um you'll understand that there are people like Aleister crawley who was you know they, there was a lot of controversy around that character and and you can read about him and what he used alchemy for um but these energies that are around us we i i cannot measure them i do not know what they are so i can't say that i believe or don't believe in anything i just can say that i know that I don't know what I don't know, is which I don't know anything really. And so I would say do the do, do a little bit of, of of digging. I don't know if you've done, maybe I'll ask you, Shadow, have you ever read any books on alchemy or spiritual alchemy? I know right now, and I'm gonna tell you right now, let's see, let me see. No, I have not. Okay, well. Um, I think if you're interested, um, that you could start with some basic stuff on spiritual alchemy, just to kind of like, um, sort of understand what alchemy is, because we, we use all of the, we use everything. So you could call it dark light, everything. You can say the shadow, you can say the creepy crawler creatures from the darkness to the light, to everything. We don't leave anything out in alchemy because it's part of the entire process of transformation and transmutation. Um, so what you may call possession is what we call perhaps the energies that exist within us. And that sometimes people give their entire um, consciousness over to these energies. The alchemy was created by man, right? No, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't created. Alchemy was not created. 
alchemy was a process of observation of the natural law and the unfolding. Now, what has come out of it, right? What has come out of alchemy is the, the construct of the world around us. Alchemy is the process of nature. So it's not created by man. It's the observation of nature unfolding. So I would say, um, just look into it. That's what I would say to you. Go read about it. Go, go, um, you know, do some, and this book that we're in the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation, um, sort of gives you an idea of what it is, right? Um, it is, it is an observation through man's lens, yes, but it's utilizing natural law, which we call God's law. We didn't create it. It's, it's the observation of what's unfolding around us, the trees, the earth, the wind, the fire, the, 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 the dirt, the, you know, so earth, water, air, fire. It's, it's the elements. It's how they unfold and how they, how they work being able to talk to the elements, to understand what is their, how do they create? How do they move through us? How do they, how do we work with them? Okay. So when we look at that, um, we look at all the elements. Okay. And if you look at the, the creation, we would say alchemist, oh, the alchemist, yeah, it's, and I realized uh at the end it was about nature oh good i'm glad that you read that book brina that's a kind of a beget it's very very basic beginning of alchemy but real but if you want to go into like real alchemy and understand what it is um the book that i'm reading again on here is the emerald tablet alchemy for personal transformation um and you can start just looking at nature in fact we don't need to even read it in a book just experience your life. That's alchemy. Go experience life. That's it. Literally. <laughs> experience life. And then you'll be an alchemist. There you go. It's the process in which we are going through. It's the process of life itself. So, you know, people, it's not a religion. It's not a, it's, it's a process. That's what I'll say. It's a process. That's it. A process. And it's the process that we see around us unfolding. And then what we do with this process, okay, here's where the big thing comes in. Where the process, we take that process and we start to apply it to life, our life. We start to use it practically. But this is where things get distorted as all hell because we have no way of constructing an entire universe the way God just created the universe. There's no way. We're many creators, but sometimes we distort the shit out of things. And typically that's what we do because we only have a small lens in which to see the world. Our lens is tiny compared to what is actually happening, but we still have the ability to work with it. So we work with what is available to us. Okay. So there you go. So there's that. So we have that and that moves forward. Um, okay. So while this is a very long podcast, I was only supposed to do 30 minutes and now it's a whole hour. So there you guys have it. I'm going to continue on with the Emerald Tablet 
um, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, we are still in dialogues with Hermes. I think probably in the next couple of days we'll be over that chapter. Um, and then we'll be getting into the uh, Miracles of the One Thing. How to read the Emerald Tablet, the Doctrine of Correspondence. And here we go into the process of what we see, um, how things transform from one thing to another. Okay. And we can use this with our own self, personal transformation. Okay. There you have it. Love you guys. Have a fantastical day. Thanks for all the questions. Um, Shadow, thank you for engaging in the conversation. Um, and I will be seeing you guys soon. Bye-bye.